This is Jessalyn Etchell, and you're listening to my podcast, Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. In this series, I interview my favorite women on their topics of passion in an effort to connect us so that we remember that women supporting women is our greatest strength. I want to live in a world where women build each other up instead of tear each other down. And this podcast, in addition to the in-person women's circles I lead, are my offering towards this vision. Thanks so much for listening. Today I'm excited to be speaking with Rachel Knowles. She is an Atlanta-based yoga instructor and the founder of Cultivate Union, which is a nonprofit organization that promotes sustainability, access, and equity in the yoga community. Rachel loves learning, listening to podcasts, all right, and she's also a Pisces who loves long walks on the beach with her dog, Diego, without her cell phone. Ooh, rebel, living on the edge. (laughs) Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. So today she's going to talk to us a lot more about her nonprofit, Cultivate Union, and how that's really bridging a gap in the yoga community. But before we get started on this great topic, we're just gonna take a moment to connect. Mm -hmm. If you're able, uh, go ahead and close your eyes. I know you can, Rachel, but don't do this if you're driving, please. (laughs) Um, Just close your eyes and start to take a few deeper breaths. Take an inhale through the nose, and then exhale out the mouth or out the nose. And just finding this centering and connection that we create, this space of co-creation and of chatting about just really awesome things that are happening in the world right now. And may each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Rachel, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? Wow. Um, (laughs) I was really just soaking up that that ask, that really powerful ask of yours. Um, My favorite thing about being a woman, I guess two things that came to mind were softness and intuition Mm, yeah and it's like not that um men don't have that but one thing that I'm really working on is trusting myself and trusting the messages and signals that my body gives me Mm -hmm. um and yeah and that feels like a very feminine thing to do moving from the inside out rather than outside in. Awesome. Hmm. So I would love to hear the story of the birth of Cultivate Union. Um, So for the listeners, Rachel and I just recently met. uh, I was taking the Off the Mat into the World Leadership Intensive um, with Sean Korn and Hala and um, Suzanne Sterling. And... Uh, you were there as a, I don't know, I was going to say helper. That's not a very dignified <laughs> word, though. You were like... <laughs> Assistant is the official title. Assistant. Oh, yeah, that's a better word. Jeez. <laughs> I think that's a helper. That's fine. I think that this kind of started brewing around the time that you took your first intensive. So I'm 
I would love to hear just your version of that story and how it came into being. Totally. Yeah. So I have been teaching for about six years and I always received a lot of generosity as a new teacher in Atlanta. I just had so many people take me under their wing that were willing to answer my questions and support me um, as I made my way through figuring out what it meant to be a yoga teacher. And at some point after um, being a part of teacher trainings, initially just as a mentor and then co-teaching different parts of trainings and managing a studio, I just really felt that there was a big gap in support for teachers. And of course that was, you know, financially um, in terms of pay and um, then even just like emotionally, like what does it look like to hold space in the way that a yoga teacher does and who do yoga teachers go to? Um, so these are just things that I was kind of holding in my mind. And I was really, there's a local nonprofit in Atlanta called the Giving Kitchen and they support restaurant workers in need with emergency, sorry, medical grants mm-hmm. um, if something happens to them. And I always thought there should be something like that for yoga teachers. I don't know what it would look like. What would that be? It was just something that I was really curious about. And um, in the spring of 2016, I was invited to go to the Lululemon Ambassador Summit. And at that point in time, I was really just like at uh, – It was like, it was a moment of kind of like deep exhaustion. Like I'd had like a full eczema flare up, like a full body eczema flare up. And I, at the end of that trip, like I had the flu, like I was like pretty much like at the end of my rope and like no one gets the flu in April, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Talk about listening to your body at that point. Yeah, so I was, like, fully exhausted, and I'd gone to this trip, and I was, like, I really want to, like, my my thing was, like, I really wanted clarity, and it wasn't that I didn't love what I was doing at the moment, I just was really clear that it wasn't what was right for me, mm-hmm. and um, I went to this trip, and I had, like, three days to, like, sleep and, like, not look at my phone, and having, like, meals provided for you is just such a beautiful thing. Oh, so indulgent, and, yeah. <laughs> it was you know, we were at like the four seasons. It was so nice. And I just was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to start a nonprofit. Like I'm going to do this thing and I can do it. And there was something about being surrounded by just really amazing people who were contributing their communities in great ways that I was just like, I I think I could do this. So yeah, so that was spring 2016. I took the off the mat intensive that fall and um, it was right around the time that I'd gotten my 501c3. So it was a really, really potent time. And um, it just grounded me in this uh, inquiry that I had around justice work and activism. And that was about the time of the election. So all these things were coming to the forefront. I had just done a event with a friend of mine, Jessica Murphy, who runs a local yoga festival. And we were just like, what does it mean to come together to explore our humanity together? And so all these things were catalysts for Cultivate Union, because I just wow. held a belief that some of the language that I use now is that like yoga, I believe that yoga is one of the most democratic tools available for healing, because we all have a body and we all have breath. So it's like, what are the things that kind of hold yoga back or the things that um 
make it so that this practice isn't accessible. So I was just curious about how I could, I guess, combat that. Combat sounds like hard or a harsh word, but sometimes it feels like that's what's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure that this has not been an easy process. Growing a nonprofit or starting yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. So I had no, I had never worked in a nonprofit and yeah, so there's just, a, there's a, every day there's a lot of learning. Um, it was like really humbling to have to ask for help. Mm. People would use words that I was like, I don't even know what that means because it's just like nonprofit word language, like write a case statement. And I was like, okay, cool, what is that? And then I would Google it and <laughs> be like, oh, okay, I know what that means. Like I went to business school. So there's just a lot of like uh, language that I'm unsure of, but I'm completely transparent as I learn. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a big growing process for me. Yeah, well, it sounds like you really saw a gap that you're filling, and it's paying off. I mean, can you talk about some of the things that you guys have been able to do through Cultivate Union? Yeah, totally. So we are officially at the end of year one programming launch. Yeah, in January um, 2016. And so... This year, we gave 20 teachers financial assistance to complete specialized trainings in topics ranging from meditation, yoga nidra, and trauma-informed yoga to inclusivity in yoga. Um, So that's really exciting. Those teachers teach over 120 classes weekly in Atlanta. So just imagining that impact in terms of the students that they reach. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and so I'm actually, like, right at the end of finishing kind of, like, a year-in-review annual report, which is why it's easy for me to name this. Awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to say, wow, you, got, you know your numbers. <laughs> uh-huh, I'm very prepared. Um, but, yeah, so another thing that's just interesting in terms of, like, as we grow, um, this year we had, I would say, I guess three times the applicants that we weren't able to fund. So there's a great need for it. Mm-hmm. And um, the last round of financial assistance we gave, I ensured, I made sure that I asked, you know, in our, we have surveys and feedback that we get, you know, would you have been able to afford this training without financial assistance? Mm-hmm. And 100% of the teachers said no. Wow. Um, so yeah, so there's this great, you know, kind of imbalance in which yoga teachers hold space for so many people and spend so much of their time giving, you know, the teachers that are in integrity and committed to practice. And then um, have difficulty with basic things like paying your bills. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's like, uh, how do those things? How do those things exist in the same place? It's kind of challenging to think about. So you've already really kind of touched on this, but is there anything else you want to say about why yoga and why now? Yeah, I mean, for me, yoga has just been a major catalyst for healing. Um, And when I think back to how I felt the first time I did yoga, I always make a joke with my friend Jess, who I mentioned that like I had a Rodney VHS tape or my mom did at least. And I was like 13. (laughs) I was a very like, I'm not a type A person, but I'm a person that will like do a lot. So I was a really anxious, like 13 year old, like doing all of the things and taking all of the advanced classes. And um, I just remember feeling something I hadn't felt before and then exploring that in college, feeling really steady. Um, 
Yeah, the practice just gave me a lot. And as a person who's experienced um, sexual assault and just, you know, other kinds of traumatic experiences, like what I'm learning now is literally the practice can help heal you by shifting your nervous system and the relationship to your body. So now I have the science of that all as a teacher. But for so many years, it was just like, oh, this feels really good. Like, Mm -hmm. and Another part of Cultivate Union is community programming. So we mostly partner with local organizations to support their behavioral health by offering yoga, behavioral health programming, sorry. Yeah, and I remember um, this time last year, it was literally like the third week that we had offered yoga at City of Refuge. And um, it's a space that supports women experiencing homelessness and their children in the community. It's a really large scale situation. And one of the women came up to me and she said, you know, I want you to know, she was like, I've been thinking that I feel really good and I, nothing has changed. Like, and, and then I realized that it was the yoga. Wow. And that just like, even thinking about it now, just like made my whole heart melt. Um, that this woman who, you know, is in a shelter and was managing having her children taken away from her and is experiencing all other levels of hardship could identify and you know felt comfortable because we didn't even really know each other at the time like sharing with me like hey this is helping me thank you yeah I think that speaks to finding safety in your own body totally so that's it you know that's why yoga like it (laughs) helped me and then like almost immediately after starting this like getting that kind of feedback is worth like more than anything else you know what I mean yeah, that's amazing. So in addition to offering scholarships for trainings, you're committed to bringing community access to yoga in terms of places that might not normally get yoga. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's very cool. So tell me a little bit more about your role in this. Um, what do you, you were founder. What is it? Is it another title that you hold at Cultivate Union? Yeah, I mean... Maybe all of them. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably do. I just wanted to properly address you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Um, I was totally joking. Um, I guess sometimes I play around with calling myself an executive director. Well, yeah, that's what I was wondering, if that's the if that's the title you carry. I mean, I think you should go for it. But I want to know what it's like being the executive director or the founder or the wears all the hats lady. Um, but, and also being a woman of color in the world and, and how that how that's meaningful. Yeah. So I guess I'll kind of tackle that in two parts. But being you know, founder of a nonprofit that's in its first year means that you're pretty much just, for me at least, it means that I've been casting this vision out into the world Mm -hmm. and doing my best to be open enough to experience whatever comes back at me. For example, like the community programming, that wasn't something that was at the forefront. It was like a thing that I thought would be cool. And it happened almost immediately um, and has grown to, you know, we have four classes, I guess, with two different partners. And it means that I'm doing my best to navigate, like, holding a vision and managing all of the ideas that I have because I have a lot of them. And then also just, like, being in the work with the programming, um, supporting the teachers that I have, figuring out the best ways to 
ensure sustainability within the programming, just problem solving at all the levels and doing my best to navigate what it means to be in relationship with people that can support me. Like, how do I lead the board in a way that's effective, which I'm still working with? (laughs) Um, How do I identify partners that are aligned? How do I identify, you know, streams of funding? Everything, pretty much. And then, you know, updating the website, talking to our designer and Mm -hmm. getting her to design this annual report infographic. You know, it's all of that, collecting the data. So um, this year I hope to refine a little bit more and rely on people who have expressed their interest in supporting me. I mean, there has not been a shortage of people saying, I want to help, I'd like to do this. Um, it's just now I'm learning, okay, now that we're at the end of year one, like communicating what that looks like and, you know, relying on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first part. But I mean, uh, one really interesting thing when you talk about like being a woman of color that came out from my, came out through my often that experience was just like naming and understanding that the world, even though I have many layers of identity, that one of the first ones that people see is like um, the color of my skin. And um, really just like owning how important it is simply for visibility in the yoga community Mm -hmm. for people to see someone that looks like me. And I don't think that was anything that I'd really deeply considered before, even though I'd gotten messages from people like on Facebook or Instagram, like, hey, I want to come take your class, you know, like other women of color saying, specifically naming that they felt comfortable because they saw someone that looked like them. Mm-hmm. And um, people reaching out like, hey, I just moved to Atlanta. Like, are there any studios where like, I would feel really comfortable as a person of color, um, black owned businesses, things like that. So um, the past year has just been me exploring what does it mean? What does all that mean? in my own sense of identity as a teacher as a you know leader as a uh, business owner as a nonprofit right like how do I create an organization that actively works against racism white supremacy um, capitalism all of those systems of oppression and domination that show up in our world Mm -hmm. because I do not want to perpetuate that and I know Um, that it's my job to explore how internalized oppression shows up within me Mm. and uh, be responsible for healing that. Right. It's a big undertaking. I know. I was like, well, that's a big question. It was like a multi-layered question. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. No, I I really love your answers and your thoughtfulness around that because – Um, And also just what a gift that is that people are seeing themselves in you and being inspired to maybe start yoga or to at least dive deeper, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really loved the um, like little arm that you created for that yoga teacher that died. Would you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that um, makes a big impact as well in terms of this same top like line of topic. Yeah, so that's actually in the works, and um, last year, there's been a lot that's happened when I reflect on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, I uh, released the first Cultivate Union financial assistance opportunity, and I think we had about like five people apply, and it was for money towards a 300-hour with a really fabulous local teacher 
um, Gina and then Yard. And um, I have a board that votes and it's anonymous and they see the submissions and unanimously a dear friend of mine, Richard Bowen was selected and Richard um, was a yoga teacher. He identified as a black man and just was kind of like, now that I reflect on it, he was like, he's such a strong and silent man, but was committed to telling the truth in whatever way that he could. And so Richard was elected as a first financial assistance recipient in exchange for that. He was committed to um, service hours and the service hours would have been at Trinity house, which is a transitional home for mostly men of color who are experiencing homelessness and um, battling the disease of addiction. And so shortly after I got the chance to say, Hey, you got this, like, this is so exciting. I'm so happy for you. And, um, he was really excited to teach at Trinity House and show up as a black man in that space right. as a yoga teacher. Yeah, so powerful. Uh, so powerful. Uh, and he was like, all right, I'm going home for a couple of weeks. We'll connect and I'm back. And um, that was pretty much my last conversation with him. Um, and he passed away shortly thereafter. And it was really hard um just personally losing a friend but also just like whoa like pretty much everything that was cultivate union at that moment Mm -hmm. involved Richard and um sorry I'm getting a little emotional um and it was really confusing I didn't know what to do or uh, how to move forward or what I would do to like like I was like how do I honor him which wasn't even a question that I had in the moment I just felt like really uh stuck mm-hmm. so eventually I reached out to you know the woman who the funds are supposed to go to for her training and that studio owner because it was a home studio of his and the studio where I taught and the studio where he taught he taught a couple places and I just reached out to all the studio owners and I said hey this thing like this is what happened it's really weird I'm so not sure what to do can we get together I have this idea of maybe like naming a scholarship fund in his honor mm. and they all agreed and and then there was a conversation of like, well, is it men of color or is it specifically black men? What is that? You know, trying to navigate like all of that is hard. Um, so what it's landed on is, you know, Richard Bowen scholarship fund for black men to complete 200 hour training specifically, which was, you know, outside of the realm of what I thought cultivate union would be. I thought I was going to help yoga teachers who are already yoga teachers. But then when I looked at that, I was like, Oh, okay. There are like, uh, four black guys I could think of in Atlanta. That's such a big dis- like gap considering uh, the population of Atlanta. So there was just a lot to digest around what was presented to me when that happened. Um, and so, yeah, that's the aim. And I've just been working on figuring out how to make that sustainable because I don't want to start something and have it burn out in a year. So I've just been applying for grants for it. And again, like I said, just working through the process of it and then figuring out um, you know, I want to quote unquote help, which just can be sometimes a problematic word, but it's like, what actually do black men in the yoga community need? And there might be things that I don't know. Like, does, is the sustainability for a black male teaching yoga also include like extended mentorship? Because there are, you know, different levels of uh, internalized and externalized oppression that they might be experiencing that I have no clue about and like how does that show up in their body how does that show up when they're in a position of power 
with other people in the room. So I've been in a lot of inquiry around that um, with people in the community and just taking my time before really like making it live mm-hmm. again so that I honor him to the best way that I can. Yeah, well, what a beautiful story. And I would say to the emotion that came up with that, that that's your softness right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the that's the thing you love about being a woman. So that's beautiful. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. Well, I can't wait to see how that unfolds. Um, mm-hmm. it, it makes me think about my next sort of question and, and line of inquiry is around the the lessons, the challenges. And mm-hmm. maybe you can, you've already addressed some of them, but if you can maybe speak a little bit more about the way that you've had to navigate that, um, because it sounds like it's not at all unfolding how you thought it would. And it really never does. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think the major thing is like, one thing that I've had to learn about is like, just being checked. <laughs> like, <laughs> does, if I have an idea, doesn't mean that it's something that's necessary. Okay. And a lot of like hard moments within the creation of cultivate union in general where it's like uh this is not well attended or this didn't work or um the students have something to say to me that is hard for me to hear so that has been something that's like difficult but also like necessary and so uh important for my own personal growth it's been quite humbling um and then one challenge that I'm battling right now is seriously just like asking for money. Mm. So I'm, I'm next month I'm planning on doing a really big ask of $20,000. And that feels really scary to say like, Hey, can you give me money so I can do this dream of mine and also like figure out how I can live? Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's just all these things that I've learned about nonprofits and to be like really explicit, a lot of, funding that's like available publicly supports programs which is lovely and they don't support like executive work or administrative work so nonprofit founders and um board members are left to kind of figure that out on their own so these are all things that i'm learning um right and it's not like you have time to have a full-time day job or something well <laughs> i mean build this. <laughs> right and i you know i don't have to who knows i'm right. open to However, it unfolds. I've committed myself to saying, okay, I'm going to have a full year, 100% focus on Cultivate Union, and I'll evaluate where I am after that. And that's where I am now. And essentially, I'm going to, you know, keep on keeping on. But um, yeah, but so those are probably the two main things that come up for me, like, you know, accountability and responsibility. Um, Being checked is, you know, less formal way of saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, asking for money or managing my own relationship to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I want to ask kind of a big question and um, I want to give you permission to say whatever comes up and to maybe not censor yourself if that sounds safe. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I really am curious to know how the white community has stepped up for this vision and for you and how they've been um, an ally to this process of making yoga more sustainable and accessible. And I would also love to hear where they have fallen short um, Mm -hmm. because there's only so much that you can do and, you know, other people with more power and privilege sometimes have to step up. And so I'm wondering if there's an ask in there as well, or even just a a reminder. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I feel really, uh, like honored to be supported by like most people that I encounter, um, including people who, you know, would identify as white. Um, my board members are white and they're all amazing. Uh, and <laughs> recognize great. the importance of this, especially because I, you know, if you, the main theme is this is not what I thought it would be. So while I thought I was just going to be giving people money or resources and figuring out how to do that, it ended up becoming like a study in like justice and equity and who has access to resources and what does that look like? And then even changing the cultivate union application to say like, Hey, like if you're in a community that's typically underrepresented and this is outside of race, like, right. Like, um, body ability or learning ability, um, Mm -hmm. LGBTQ folks, like let us know, please, because we want to change that narrative around who can show up in the seat of the teacher in yoga and who yoga is for. And we know that simply representation is like a first step, you know, um, not the only step. So anyhow, um, having the support from my board, like as that's shifted and changed and just like letting them, having them let me just kind of like figure it out is, has been amazing. Um, and I obviously didn't receive any pushback from anyone when I was like, Hey, we're adding this question. And like, this is the thing. And, so I'm grateful for the support that I've had. And then, you know, what came up when you asked that question about, like, what does, like, allyship mean or what can allies do? And um, I just got to watch the Oprah speech. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Is that the Golden Globes? I don't even know. It was know. the Golden Globes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and it was so deeply moving. Like, that was a masterful, uh, that's the word that I keep using, just the way that she spoke was so powerful and so masterful. And one thing that she mentioned was she asked for men to listen and like, that was it. And so I think at this time when there's so much coming to the surface for so many people, because we all hold layered identities, like one thing that can happen around race or is that people try to displace their guilt or their shame instead of just listening to the stories um, of people of color. So I would say like, listen, and in fact, like beyond listening, if someone says something to you, like go educate yourself, like center people of color, like read things from voices that are different than yours. Um, even just like get education about race in America, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. you would think is readily available and it's not. And even to someone like me, who's really steeped in this conversation. I just attended a two day um, event called the racial equity Institute and it blew my damn mind when we spent like almost one full day going through legal code that has, you know, made whiteness and white supremacy um, be such a major form of oppression in this country. So there's a lot of education that we don't receive There's a lot of education that's um, partial or um, stories that are incomplete um, because most often stories can be told from the side of the oppressor. Um, So, yeah, I would encourage people to listen and then, like, educate themselves and um, maybe don't always ask Black people to educate you. And I don't mean that in, like, a, a... 
I don't want to talk to you because I am so comfortable talking to like pretty much anyone that wants to talk to me. And that's a universal experience and no one is responsible for doing your emotional labor. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a huge one. And I, I completely understand that. And I feel like I fall prey to it sometimes as well. Cause I want to know the perspective of that person, but at the same time, it's not your job to educate me and to tell me what I need to do better in this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such, it's a sensitive thing, right? It's a sensitive fine because we're, we're humans and we're individual and everyone feels differently about certain things. So like mm-hmm. that kind of is, goes back to the capacity of like listening, right? Is like yeah. if someone actually don't want to talk to you about that, instead of getting like inflamed or taking it personally, like it's like, Oh, that person's just trying to take care of themselves. Absolutely. That's all we're ever trying to do. Right. All of our behavior Mm -hmm. is just keeping ourselves regulated and feeling safe in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you've gotten awesome support from your board members. And I also thank you for those beautiful reminders because of course that transcends just your personal experience. I'm sure that can go out and make a lot of difference. Just that listening piece is so huge. Yeah. And it's important to me too, you know, like there are places in my life where I need to listen. Like I said, like getting checked. (laughs) So um, (laughs) not separate from my own practice, you know, That's the beauty of the yoga piece of it all is that we're just kind of walking the path right alongside all the people that we share this stuff with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I would love for you to just tell me some big picture stuff, like what's on your heart about where this can go and what you'd like to see happen, Um, just what you'd be willing to share for what you'd like to see Cultivate Union evolve into. Knowing that I'll probably be changed anyway, it'll be totally different than what you imagine. <laughs> uh, so a big dream of mine is that Cultivate Union expands to support other local yoga communities. Um, so cool. Yeah, what that looks like, I'm exploring now. Uh, but that's a big dream of mine. And that's why I created a nonprofit was so that I could be an umbrella for other people who are in a similar situation of inquiry mm-hmm. as I am. And um, so that's one thing. And then really what else I'm passionate about as I determine like what resources do I want to share with yoga teachers? Um, growing the capacity for yoga teachers and practitioners to have like more real, honest conversations mm-hmm. around power. You know, I'm going to be continuing this uh, panel that I did last year and I'm going to name it, you know, seat of the teacher, because it's a phrase that is shared a lot. But it's like, what does that mean in practice? Not just in theory, right? And just getting people to like, really talk about what it's like. Um, so that's one part. And then also just expanding resources for trauma informed yoga, that is um, culturally competent, and like shares within the realms of the principles of justice and equity. Yeah, that's something that I'm really passionate about and would like to see more of. Awesome. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't wait to s- just watch it all unfold and um, see where you land. Yeah, <laughs> that's all very exciting. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to touch on or anything that you want to say to kind of wrap anything up? Um, no, I would just say, you know, thank you for asking me to share and for being at that training um, 
the group was really sweet and your drive and commitment to leadership was really visible. So thank you. Mm, Thank you for saying that. Well, I have some fun questions that I like to end with. And the first one is, what's your favorite yoga pose? Oh. <laughs> Pigeon? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. What about one book that changed your life? Wow. <laughs> I really love to read, so um, that's really hard. A book that changed my life. This is kind of out there, but not out there, but I, I really love Just Kids by Patty Smith. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it changed my life, but like I just love reading about love. And that's mm. kind of what the book is about. Like it's about her love of art and creativity and her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. That and All About Love by bell hooks yeah both of those that's so funny i just recorded another podcast today and she actually mentioned that book too (laughs) oh yeah no it's really 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 good and it's yeah they're both just like really straightforward something about the narrative of someone just sharing themselves honestly without Mm. any pretense yeah um yeah, so can I say two? Yeah, okay. that's fine. It, it happens. <laughs> and it is so hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, like one book. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and who inspires you, Rachel? I would I would say, I don't know if it's like just to, again, so hard to say one person, but um, possibility is inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Um possibility potential the idea that um change is possible and love is real and um people can take care of each other yeah i love that i guess i should change it to to who or what (laughs) that's beautiful no it's a beautiful answer body that so yeah. yeah i love it oh Well, I'm so grateful that you exist in this world and that you're following the passion and also being open to the possibility and the flexibility that it will look different than what you originally planned. Um, I will link all the ways that people can reach out and get connected. And if you're listening and you just feel philanthropic today, um, Rachel's asking for money. (laughs) She needs to make this thing run. So if you just feel like being generous, um, hopefully there'll be all the ways in which to support you guys through your website and I'll link all that stuff. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> www.cultivateunion.co, just C-O. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we have to, you know, sometimes we have to self-promote and that's the way that we can have the biggest impact in the world. So let's vision that not being worried about asking and instead stepping into the the greatness of the big picture yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) i'm gonna hold that with you for you together thank you (laughs) yeah i appreciate you rachel thanks for sharing your story with us okay thank you so much for having me have a great day you too bye-bye bye